You are listening to the weekly sermon podcast from the Canton United Methodist Church. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. My name is Pastor Clay Lundberg, and I wanted to hop on before today's message to introduce Pastor Gene Layton. Pastor Gene preached as a part of the United Women in Faith Sunday we celebrated on June 12th. Now let's go ahead and give our attention to God's Word and Pastor Gene's message. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 25, beginning on page 38 in your pew Bibles. Then the king will say to the people on his right, Come, you that are blessed by my father, come and possess the kingdom which has been prepared for you ever since the creation of the world. I was hungry, and you fed me, thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you received me in your homes naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me, in prison, and you visited me. The righteous will then answer him, When, Lord, did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we ever see you as a stranger and welcome you in our homes, or naked and clothe you? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? The king will reply, I tell you, whenever you did this for one of the least important of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Away from me, you that are under God's curse. Away to the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. I was hungry, but you would not feed me. Thirsty, but you would not give me a drink. I was a stranger, but you would not welcome me in your homes. Naked, but you would not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, but you would not take care of me. Then they will answer him, When, Lord, did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison, and we would not help you? The king will reply, I tell you, whenever you refuse to help one of these least important ones, you refuse to help me. These then will be sent off to eternal punishment, but the righteous will go to eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. May it bless you this morning. Let us pray. God, we seek you through your word. We ask this morning that those words speak to our hearts and our minds, and we go forward to do as you ask. Amen. A church in a fairly large city had quite a congregation. And like most churches, a few people came early, but most people came you know, 10 minutes, five minutes before church started. Well, one Sunday morning, as they approached the church up the steps, they noticed this man. He was kind of lying there, kind of singing to himself. They couldn't tell what it was, but he was so filthy dirty. His face was dirty. His hands were dirty. His clothes looked like they came out of some kind of rag bag. And so people were kind of walking up the steps and sort of edging away a little bit to get into the church. Oh, we have to tell the pastor. The pastor will take care of this. Let's go tell the pastor, and the pastor will make sure he's out of here. 
Not a single person entering that church that morning stopped to speak to that gentleman. Of course, he did have a bottle in his hand, and he looked like he was kind of drunk on top of everything else. So they get into the church, and they're wandering around looking for the pastor so they can tell the pastor, and the pastor can go deal with it. But they can't find the pastor. Now, the pastor is always on time for church, if not early. But they can't find the pastor anywhere. So they're kind of wondering what's going on and kind of talking among themselves to figure it out. And up from the back, as you might guess, comes this dirty, ragged old man that they saw outside. Standing straighter and taller, walks up and grabs the mic and says, guess who I am? I'm your pastor. And none of you knew that because you didn't take the time to talk with me as you were entering the church. Of course, there was a little shame spread around that congregation that morning. But I wonder, as I think about that story, how many of us take the time when the person that we're encountering maybe looks a little seedy or unshaven or whatever the situation might be, do we avoid those people or we stop and talk? A theologian by the name of Ada Isaias Diaz coined the phrase kingdom, kingdom without the G. Well, actually, we took the G out and left that for God, and then we looked at kin and dumb. And dumb is just a place or a reign or whatever. In our case, it could be the church. But the kin, the first part of that word, everybody, everybody in this world, whether they know Christ or not, is part of that kin. Now for us, that kin is our sisters and brothers in Christ, who we know when we walk through these doors, or see them on the street, or wherever. Because when you think of kin, you think of the word brothers and sisters in Christ. Hmm. I look out among you, and I know most of you, I don't know a few of you, and I think of you as people who come to this church, people who have that in common. Are you my brothers and sisters? Well, I don't know. Would you stop at my if you stop at my house, would I feed you? Probably. Would I clothe you if I could? Hmm. Do I visit you when you're sick? Well, not so much. If you went to prison, would I be there? I think the buck kind of stops there. I don't like the prison, and I might not come to visit you. I'm sorry. I am human, but what I would do is see if I could find somebody else who was good at that and send them, if that's okay with you. You see, we don't travel this world alone. The great author John Donne said, no man is an island entire of himself. No man is an island. We can't get through this world alone. We just simply can't. 
you can try. You know how you get once in a while when you just don't want to talk to anybody? Whether they're close to you or not, you just leave me alone. Let me go in my closet and sit down and think. You get that way sometimes, don't you? Maybe not to that extreme. But it isn't long before something or someone pulls you back. And you become again a part of a kin. Your family, your friends, your church, your community, all of those are a part of a kingdom. It's not fun to be alone all the time. And it doesn't work very well, especially when you have jobs. I don't vacuum at my house very well. I don't like to vacuum. It's too hard on my back. I have other people who could do that for me. He's very good about it because he's part of my kingdom and he's very good about helping. There are other things that I don't like to do, but I do them just because nobody else will. And you have the same thing in your home. We are part and we are whole. That's what God wanted for us when he put us on this earth. He wanted us to be together, together in Christ. And we are. So many other things that I could say about this, so many other stories I could tell. But the fact of the matter is, it's up to all of us to go out there and find those sisters and brothers, to be a sister or a brother to whoever we meet, whether they're hungry, thirsty, naked, whatever the situation. We belong to one another. Isn't that kind of a cool concept? We belong to one another. And in belonging to one another, we need to care about one another and help one another so that nobody's ever alone, not just us, but the others out there. We don't want them to be alone either because it's a trial. Sisters and brothers, many of you have those. Some of you might be an only child. Many of you have sisters and brothers, right? And you get along famously, right? With your sisters and brothers, there's never any tension. There's never any, well, dad likes you best. Never any mom likes you do anything you want. Okay, I'm a realist. I know, I get it. But for the most part, you love your sisters and brothers. They, they are part of your heart and who you are. And so you care. We can go back to many, many philosophers and look at what they said. But we need to also go back to what was the Methodist Church in the beginning. For there have been many, many splits over the years. First of all, over Native Americans becoming members, over blacks becoming members, over women as preachers. When I was a kid, we traveled to New Jersey to visit my grandfather at this place called the Pillar of Fire. I thought that was really something, the Pillar of Fire. They went to church every single night for about two hours, singing and praising and whatever else. Well, I came to learn that the Pillar of Fire split from the Methodist Church because Alma White wanted to preach. And in those days, Guess what? Women 
were not allowed to open their mouths in church, let alone preach. So she started the Pillar of Fire, and she became the first preacher. She was pretty dyna dynamic, I'm told, and pretty, pretty easy to listen to, but it was a lot of hellfire and brimstone all the time. Now, I never think much about old Elma White because I never met her, of course. And I think about the Pillar of Fire because I thought it was pretty strange. But at the same time, something monumental happened when they made that split and women began to preach. As you know from Pastor Clay's letter, there's a big uh, discussion coming up at annual conference whenever that happens. Um, not an annual conference here, but uh, nationally, to discuss what's going to happen with the LBGTQ community. I hope I have that right. I'm sorry if I don't. I don't always get those letters quite right. And the discussion will be, do we stay? Do we go? How do we incorporate this in this body of people? Each of you knows in your own heart how you feel about that and where you need to be or where you need to go when that split does happen. It's not the first time, as I said, that we've had something like that happen in the Methodist Church. But we've also come together and incorporated and became a united Methodist when we added others to us. For we know that we have one God. The difference is how we worship. Not that there's only one God and not that we love Christ. As you go about your week coming up, I want you to, to think about the fact that you are a sister or a brother to everybody you meet, to everybody you know. And God tells us that we should take that responsibility seriously. We can't always help. We can't always do what needs to be done but we can try, or we can pray. I wish that I could do something about all of the unrest in the country, about all of the unrest in Ukraine, but you know what? Alone, by myself, there's not much I can do. If we come together as sisters and brothers in Christ, maybe there's something we can do. It might seem small, but who knows? Who knows what we can do to help? Young Emily was begging her mom, begging her mom to go to the store by herself. It was just down the block, one street, no cars usually. She wanted to go by herself. Her mom kept saying no. But then one afternoon, everything was going wrong. The supper was boiling over and there was no milk for the baby, and Mom was at her wit's end. And we said, well, Mom, I'll go to the store and get milk. She thought for a minute. She said, you know what? I'm going to let you. So she handed her money, said, now make sure you get changed, because this is more than what milk costs, and don't buy any candy. That's, that's what you need to say, right? Yeah, don't buy any candy. She probably hadn't thought about it until that moment, but anyway... So mom sent her off with the money in her hand to go get milk. Fifteen minutes passed. Thirty minutes passed. An hour passed. And mom was ready to call up the National Guard. 
Just then, Emily comes popping through the door with a big smile on her face. Mom, here's the milk and here's the change. I counted it. I'm sure it's right. Emily, where were you? Well, Mom, I went to get the milk. I know, but you should have been back a long time ago. And she scolded her a little bit more. And Emily started to cry and said, well, Mom, I was coming back from the store. I saw this little girl sitting on the curb and she was crying because her doll was broken. Well, of course, Mom got a beaming face again and said, oh, you stopped to help her fix her doll. No, Mom, I couldn't fix her doll. I just stopped to help her cry. I just stopped to help her cry. We never know what we can do for someone else. And sometimes all we can do is help commiserate with them, help them a little bit to feel better in some way, or maybe just stop to help them cry. Whatever you do, remember, you are not traveling solo in this world. And it, when it seems like you are for whatever reason, you look up. You look up. And you remember, Christ has his arms around you. And God knows you're here. And you have brothers and sisters all over the place. You will never travel alone. Amen. Let us pray. Dear God, we ask that the words we heard this morning will make themselves into our hearts and our minds and that we will remember to reach out as brothers and sisters of Christ, that we will remember that we are not alone. Take these words onto our, our hearts and help us to live them in the world today. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jean, for preaching. And thank you for listening to this week's message. Join us each week in person or online through Facebook Live for worship at 10 a.m. And now go in peace and serve the Lord.